Hello, and welcome to yet another A Star to Steer Her By, your favorite Star Trek podcast where we're doing a full rewatch of the whole goddamn thing. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it's just there's so much. There's so fucking much. And I know this is going to have aired by the time there's like Picard and Strange New Worlds and like eight other fucking shows happening at the same time. Wow, it's so much Star Trek. But we're on Voyager. Voyager, we at least know where we're at. The Delta Quadrant. And in fact, we're not going to know where it's at, where, where we're at pretty fucking soon, because the episodes we're talking this week are Macrocosm and Fair Trade here on episode 260, guys. Wow, dude. Who? So after all those episodes, you must know that this is Ames. This is Caitlin. Jake! But is this Chris? Who else could it be? What else could it be? A Cylon? I, I don't know. I, a macro organism? Dressed in a Chris macro, suit? Macro orgasm? I Ayo. just want it to be weird. But Success. Jake beat me to it. We're all weird here. talking about macrocosm though because this one had a lot of stuff going on i got a synopsis i can kind of uh, steam through here steam it all along uh, but first a quick tangent because i wrote this down and i was proud of myself because it's ridiculous okay. when my brother and i were kids we used to play a game called hide and seek monster with my dad and the the gist of it was my father would go hide it would almost always be in the coats because it was, it was a he could fit behind the coats we'd find him but he'd be a monster so we'd have to run away while he chased us yeah. oh and that's and that's the episode macrocosm <laughs> yeah yeah uh it's just a lot of playing hide and seek but what you find is monsters but really here's the actual synopsis no i think that you, was a you very good it. synopsis <laughs> The, just, other, a, the, the doctor also explains how the monster works. There's your episode. The there other synopsis is. is that Janeway really wanted to cosplay as Wrigley from Aliens yeah, this a, week. A, Alien Ripley. this week. Catherine Ellen Ripley. Or did I say Wrigley? Uh, Ridley. Whatever. Wrigley, Wrigley Field. Uh, but really, here's yes. the actual synopsis. Yes. Just just to get, get it out of the way. Check it off the list so people don't just think about coat racks. Check, 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 <laughs> check it off. So after doing a diplomacy with the Tac-Tac, who are absolute <laughs> assholes. Uh, Dick Dicks. Janeway and Neelix return to the Voyager to find it adrift, and the crew is missing somewhere, hiding behind the coats. So after a long period of skulking around and avoiding intruders, we lose Neelix somehow, and that happens, and we never find him again. Darn. And I wonder, for the first, like, literally half hour of the episode, are any of the other characters in the show going to show up? We finally find them all, and they're all in the mess hall comatose with insects coming out of their necks like some kind of fucking horror show really gross like jake's worst fucking nightmare i swear yeah, to god rough. wasn't great one of my worst nightmares as well jake Ooh, it's a bad one i get the tooth falling out a lot but you know i've never had any of those like very typical trope dreams like i've never been naked at high school i've never had my teeth falling out hmm. i don't know anyway but insects coming out of your neck Fucking definitely. Yuck. Hey, I've got a great idea. Let's go ask the EMH what's going on. That's fucking logical. And he tells us a whole bunch of flashbacks that show us what happened earlier. And we learn that what the EMH did was he got to go do an off-ship mission, which he was very excited about, to treat an illness on the Garrett Mining Tunnel. 
And he brought this virus back with him because the transporter fucking sucks at its goddamn job. So this virus is the thing that's creating these insects, which are the virus, but bigger. And then they grow even bigger into these really bad, really bad CGI monsters. But the EMH has a cure now that Janeway can go ramble around the ship to do. So, oh my god. We lure the virus into the holodeck with the promise of all these tasty hollow people. And the best scene in all of Star Trek occurs in which everyone at the Paxwell Resort gets attacked by monsters and I really loved it. At which point I turned to Chris and said, wow, it's good to know how Janeway plays The Sims 4. (laughs) (laughs) Just drowning The Sims over and over again. Uh, I named them all Tuvix. Hey. Then he comes back as a ghost. Oh, no. Uh, so yeah, anyway, even though the Tac-Tac, who are still being absolute assholes, are trying to destroy Voyager now because they know it's contaminated with this virus, Janeway explodes a whole bunch of those bad CGI monsters, and the rest of the crew is saved off-screen. So let's play some jazz music the end. And we still never see Neelix again. That was, yeah, that was very 90s elevator. The smoothest jazz. Um, no friction coefficient yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> you fucking I, nerd. Uh, <laughs> it's like one of I, the smartest I, jokes we ever had on this show. Yeah, you used the word coefficient. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I kind of hated everything about this episode. Same. I loved the Paxaw people getting attacked. Oh, yeah, that was fine. But really, I think my biggest issue here is the way that the story unfolded and the way that they chose to tell the story. Oh, you mean the same way they did it in Genesis and also in, I want to say, Timescape? Not just the like. Yeah, it's basically the same as Genesis, but even worse for some reason. Like the fact that, okay, the worst thing to me is Janeway and Neelix arrive on the ship to find nobody. Mm -hmm. Why aren't they like. Huh, maybe we should go check and see if the doctor's online because maybe yeah. he can tell us what's yeah, up. Yeah, that should be like, that should have like been step, step one. Fucking one. You have you have a, a basically invincible crew member who can survive many things. Suitor? Oh. Yeah. Every time I make myself sad. Yeah, and then you know, and that was fine. And then you know, she finally she gets to to talk to the doctor. I think she only went because she got stung by one of the insects. Yeah, she's yeah. like, she's like, oh, yeah. I'll go treat myself in sick bay. Oh, right, that's right. We have a fucking doctor that's a robot. That's magic. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I was also just like, where the fuck is the crew? Like, right? I get that a lot of them were in the mess hall, but, but you have like, like 120. Yeah. Well, I think they started with like 140. Let's assume they're down to like. Between 120 and 130 okay, by now. fair, fair. Like, they're not all in there. They're not all in their quarters. Like, there should no. at least... I know they wanted there to be, like, this slow reveal, but you just unfortunately broke suspension of disbelief by not finding even, like, one person fucking in the hall for them to be like, what the hell, you know? Or, yeah, or have them somewhere where it's a little more logical that you can think, oh, yeah, 120 people will totally be there. Because, yeah. you know, there's, like... 20 to 30 in the mess hall and the rest are supposed to be in cargo bays that doesn't make a ton of sense didn't they say that the macros were like hurting them into a like into yeah they space i feel like they they wibbly wobbly did away i i there was a there was a throwaway line wherein they were like oh it seems like evolutionarily they want them to like be pushed towards like a single centralized area i had missed that but to be frank that's it's no. still not it's still not a good reason. What I would no, have preferred is, is if a whole ton of them, like literally a hundred of them, are in like the transporter buffer. Something. 
So that it explains I, why they're not there and why if you find a couple of them, you can figure it out. Yeah, so that was annoying. I, I wasn't like the it wanted, as you sort of said, like it, it was alien for 10 minutes and that was dull. Yeah, um, like it, sh- I, it wanted to be really tense and this and that. And I wish they found a way to do it because Mulgrew cosplaying Ripley's a great idea. Oh, but she looked didn't- great. They didn't she did. really she got great arms. Yeah, I mean, she looked great, but I didn't feel any sort of tension, anything. Yeah, there was no tension whatsoever. No real interest. Like I, I perked up when to me, the best part was like the doctor's story, just because getting to see him be all pleased on an away mission was was fun. Uh, yeah, but then I mean, it goes I li- from I like that, but I also I didn't it like clashed. Yeah. And, and I don't know the fact that the, the story of the episode, which is what that basically was was told in flashback yeah was kind of kind of a letdown yeah well, it's also like too. your attempt to do alien just comes to a screeching halt yeah to do this other thing and then it's a third thing by the end you know now it it would have been a direct ripoff of genesis if they had done it this way but it would have still been better i think if the episode had opened on the ship and the distress call uh-huh. and the doctor's away mission and then cut to Neelix and Janeway returning. But that that like that is beat for beat, literally yeah. exactly what happens in Genesis. Yeah, and mm. I do like because I and I think it, I want to say it was Timescape when Picard and a couple of the other of our other friends return to the ship to find it frozen in space. And they have yeah. to figure out what happened. And they kind they, they figure it out without having to do a flashback. They figure it out themselves. Yeah. They could have done this episode one of two ways, and instead they decided to do it three ways at once. Yep. <laughs> I will yeah, say, fine. I think what you could do, you could still have the Rambo, Rambo Ripley moments. Ooh, right? I like that. Um, with even doing, you know, even if you told it in a in a better order. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I said that when we watched that, you know, you know, shit's serious when the captain is down to a uh, vest or a tank top or something, because it's like, you know, Picard goes to his action vest. And then I think eventually he's in a tank top in first contact, mm. bends in his vest during his monologues in um in the pale moonlight. And now she's in this. Of course, Kirk didn't have that. You know, it was serious when his shirt was torn. Or if he had ripped <laughs> open his little vent flap. Yes, and yeah, by the movies, the it movies, was the, yeah, the action flap. Because by then he had moves and no one wanted to see them. Oh. Yeah. Oh, speaking of first contact, I know I think I said <clears throat> the other week during... Sorry, I was really expecting you to say speaking, speaking of, of moves. moves. But yes, moves. first contact. Uh, no, speaking of first contact, apparently this is the first episode we get... After First Contact and DS9 has changed their uniforms over. Mm. Now, obviously, Voyager's going to stay in these uniforms because they're not getting, you know, the the new ones from the Quartermaster or anything. But yeah, that was just a detail I read just to place us in the general timeline. Well, see, now her getting into her action uh, tank top is even more appropriate. It's because they've now established in First Contact. Shit's real on a tank top. Yeah. Yeah. Who's more jacked, her or swinging Picard? I can't Ooh, remember. I want to see them do an arm wrestle. <laughs> I want Q to walk up from behind Picard and give him a kiss on the cheek for luck beforehand. Aww. And then sit behind him distractingly with his cleavage. <laughs> Which what he obviously has. From? Huh? Is that from something? No, that's just like... Actually, it's kind of Casino Royale. Okay, that's fair, but it's also just like... 
A trope, yeah. A ca- yeah, a casino trope. Um. Oh, you didn't mention during the synopsis that we also end up getting attacked by the TikToks. Oh, yeah. I, I they... kind of mentioned, but I also... I, I was, think that was, was just such, adding it was such a non-thing and, yeah. and yeah. an inconvenience that it... <laughs> I, uh, it's funny, going into this, I didn't remember this episode at all, but I vaguely, re- I remembered, like, oh yeah, eventually we're gonna get to an episode where Janeway nearly causes, like, an incident because of her body language or something. Mm-hmm. And it's these assholes. Yeah, and that was kind of an the- in-joke, because that's how Janeway normally stands, yeah. and they were like, yeah. let's let's bring that up as a way to, you know, poke fun at Janeway a little. Another one of those stupid aliens, I know we had an alien not entirely unlike this in DS9, mm-hmm. where they have that inexplicable, like... That weird nose thing down the thing. middle of their face the, the that handle. bisects, the that bisects their mouth. And it's like, there is no sane evolutionary process that would cause that, However, much less cause it twice. There's a great explanation for their shitty hair, which I have to assume is, well, we've still got these Kazon wigs kicking around. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they've been... This episode and in the next episode, there's a bunch of kit bashed uh, aliens. Like in the next episode, there's like some alien with Borda ears, which was. Oh, I didn't notice oh, yeah. that. What did you say? I Chris thought one of them vaguely looked like a uh, modified Nausicaan. Oh, see, I th- I swear to God, I saw the top of the Tosk head somewhere. Oh, yeah. maybe. Oh, shit. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I think I think the uh, the the mining aliens in this one had Tosk. Yeah, that's the that's the one. Heads. Yes, mm-hmm. actually, like that would allig- make sense. Alligator head. Yeah, so it's like, you know, the I don't know if uh, DS9 was on summer vacation in the Voyager <laughs> makeup people just got to raid their <laughs> their makeup room and steal all their prosthetics for these couple of weeks, but yeah. Yeah, but speaking of the tac-tac, so there, there are species that's, that speaks with a lot of body language involved. They're space Italians. Which looked goofy as fuck, but I'm it also did. a little surprised we don't see it more. I mean, it, it's a great idea. I just wish the gestures had been less fucking comical. Yeah, it's like, it was yeah, a Yeah, they it looked like they were joke. doing the fucking robot in slow motion. Like, what, there was nothing. <laughs> yeah, which honestly, like, wouldn't have been a problem if they didn't then reappear threatening to murder everyone. Yeah, threatening to murder everyone while it looks like you're doing the fucking sun salutation in yoga. Yeah, like... <laughs> If you know you're going to do it We're as very than... offended by downward dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Who isn't? But uh, yeah, like if you if you know they're going to reappear in Act 3 as a threat, like maybe have their gestures be less goofy. <laughs> and again, I get it. They're an alien race. It's not goofy to them. But you're making television for humans on Earth. Fucking yeah. stop it. It's, it's, you're it's, you're it's doing it for on Earth. <laughs> Yeah, it's a joke, and it's like a lazy twist on a trope of like the, oh, the diplomatic meeting went wrong because you mispronounced something in this, you know, like how many times did Picard have that? We did that with Chakotay recently when he did something that someone was offended by. Yeah. Everything he does. When when you're meeting the aliens that you got to keep to their thing and. Or, or you strip naked because that seems to work. That does. That also works. Chakotay, that's, you're just taking that right out of the book of Chakotay, aren't you? <laughs> book um, of Chakotay. Couple interesting Neelix bits, I thought. So obviously, uh, there's, he's, Janeway appoints him ambassador. Yep. Space. Yep. <laughs> all of space. All of space, which is That's nice. good. We I always... liked when he disappeared and never returned Aww. for the rest of the episode. That was my favorite Neelix bit. I mean, we, we always do say. To, uh... Go ahead. Okay. No, we always do say that um, the ship does need an ambassador. Where? Why don't yeah. we ever have someone whose job is diplomacy and nothing else? Now we can make Kess the Jag. 
Yeah, and Ooh. as long as like he doesn't do anything crazy, like get a couple of people killed and start doing drug dealing deals, narcotics, <laughs> you know, we'll be he'll be good ambassador. It was kind of like it's like wow, way to set that up like one episode before it's relevant. Yeah. But also, I know we are not there yet. But it also kind of, like, makes the whole crux of the next episode fucking stupid. Like, oh, I feel like they don't have any use for me. She literally just said that you were going to be an ambassador. What oh. makes you think that that means she's going to throw you off the ship, you stupid asshole? Yeah. Anyway, but we'll yeah, get so to she, that. Does make, she does make I him know. an ambassador unofficially, I guess. Not a real ambassador. He doesn't get the license plates. Well, a real ambassador like they're in the middle of fucking nowhere. The rules mean nothing anymore except for prime directive when they feel like it. Yeah, on a true, uh, on, on odd days ending in a lie. And then the other thing I I liked that uh, there was a very blink and you miss it reference to the fact that he's only got one lung. Yeah, we caught that too. <laughs> There's fluid in your lungs. Lung. Yeah, good like, touch. And good ooh. delivery too. Yeah, keep keeping your sense of humor in the midst of a crisis that wasn't a sense of humor that was a sense of i mean i don't know i didn't think it was meant to be funny i just feel like you know bringing up that you've actually only got one lung in that situation is like i think it's really just imparting important medical information if she tried to fix him somehow i suppose that's true i think it was just the writer showing off like look we we do remember the shit we wrote before (laughs) take that other star treks (laughs) (laughs) We're serialized now. Yeah. <laughs> Watching a fucking children's cartoon the other day that referenced something from an earlier episode. I thought, wow, this has as much continuity as Voyager now. What was Sad. it? Oh, Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So here's an interesting note I read. This would have been interesting. Brandon Braga's initial intent when he started working on this episode is he wanted to write an episode with no dialogue. Wow. Yeah, you can see that. There's that 10 minutes where it's alien and there's like, aside from her sending out a distress call, nothing. And I thought that it's like, wow, this is a long time without dialogue. Mm. Yeah, I don't th- I don't know if a, if a dialogue free episode could work in Star Trek, just because there's always yeah. so much going on that you kind of need to explain. Well, especially like. I, I, God, I think there was at least several episodes worth of dialogueless time during the motion picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's for damn sure. Excellent. Excellent, Jake. Yeah, the problem is like this wouldn't be the episode to do it just because like. You've got to unravel this mystery, so inevitably there's got to be, like... Yeah, if, if if it weren't a mystery, if it were literally just, the ship is taken over by monsters, I must kill the monsters. Yeah. That doesn't need any dialogue. That Everyone can understand, yes, kill monsters. Check that off the list. Yeah, like, basically, you know, if he had only thought up The Quiet Place before Jim from The Office, that could have been a dialogueless episode. I don't know what you just said, but cool. Uh, the guy that played Jim from The Office wrote and directed a horror movie about, like, monsters taking over the world uh, that are blind but have super sensitive hearing. So, like, everyone has to be, you know, you can't really talk and you have to do everything really super quiet and blah, blah. I've never seen it, but. Gotcha. Okay. Now I yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. And this episode happened. Yeah. And then very <clears throat> sadly, I, I feel so sad because so much, they had to, like structure the whole episode to make most of it as cheap as possible, which is why it's, it's mostly one one actor called for most of the time, easiest mm. call sheet they've ever fucking written. And the rest of the money they had to save and set aside for the really great CGI that they did. Okay, okay, but- Oh, but, the flying but, assholes? Yeah. But wait, before that, this is important. 
who did the catering this I time? Gonna, I was going <laughs> to ask, since, since call sheets came up. So yes, uh, catering out of the way, uh, or rather, since we don't know, uh, we were talking about CG buttholes. Bad. They looked, I don't know how, how they would have looked at the time, because people wouldn't know better. And they'd just be like, yeah, like, that's right, that's a thing. I, I think it's one of those things where, like, even at the time, we're like, this ain't great, but also we don't have anything better for television. Yeah, fuck, even movies at that point didn't look much better than that. I'm just imagining how, like, amazing I thought Final Fantasy VII's graphics looked when it was first released, and they certainly did, did not. So probably minds were blown by this, I would say. I don't know, because I, mean, I definitely remember even as a kid watching some of this and being like, oh, that ain't very good, but... Yeah, Neither when, is anything else. When dear Janeway, oh honey, and she's wrestling on the floor with the thing, and it's so clear that her hands are touching fucking nothing. Yeah. Like, even though I know, because I read that they made all these, like, styrofoam mock-ups to actually have something to handle and to put the CGI thing over, she's on the floor and her hands are just in space, and I, I had a massive sad for her that she had to do this. I just, but the thing is, is like, that was the director or the writer. That was like someone's stupid fault. Like, they didn't have to do that. They should have thought to themselves, well, you know, the technology's not really here for this to not look like shit. Maybe we do something else. They Maybe thought they had, the, no, they thought they had the technology. And they also probably thought that they did a really good job. They did. They really, they, really did. They should have brought back the uh, vomit piles that killed Kirk's brother. Kirk's brother. Mm, or the Horda. Or that. No, Tim. What was his name? Uh, you declared him Tim, Tim Kirk. Yeah, you did. But what's his actual name? George. Oh yeah. Well, it's his dad's name. It's also his brother's name. No, no, it's surely not. not. George Junior. His no. boy Elroy. His boy. Yeah, Elroy. the brother has a different name. I don't remember what it was. One thing I will say had a, a not terrible effect was I know that they filled those styrofoam mock-ups with goo and explosives so when she had to shoot uh. them. And then just it just gets goo everywhere. And I thought that was fun. <laughs> Egon, your mucus. <sighs> yeah. Overall, like I liked Janeway running around being Rambo. The idea was fine. I think, yeah, like you guys say, though, I think the execution and the way that they structured the story could have used a whole bunch of work. Yeah. I mean, I think... The worst thing I can say about this is that just unfortunately, like, when the time comes for us to pick tops and bottoms from this season, I will likely be looking over the episode list and going like, oh, yeah, that one. Like, it's not even like I'm going to remember it for being awful. <laughs> it's, it's just beige, the episode. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a hard meh. The, yeah. the CGI makes it pretty rough, but I do think the, the Paxaw Resort kicks it up a couple rungs. <laughs> That's fair. Because that was fucking excellent. Just a whole bunch of pretty people in bikinis screaming in terror. You've got me. You figured out my sweet spot. Pr pretty, pretty. Pe I mean, let's be honest. The cornerstone of so much horror in, in like films is just watch pretty people get murdered because, you know, the most the rest of us go like, yeah, fuck you. The rest of us. Oh, oh uh, honey. Speaking of pretty, pretty. people, speaking of pretty people getting murdered, do you want to start talking fair trade? What? All right, there's so been we're gonna murder. Yeah, there's been, yeah, yeah, another murder in fair trade. Here we go. And lots of plasma. Where well, the fuck that is? Uh, Neelix is more underfoot than usual when Janeway calls him to the bridge. 
and he says, ah, this here is the Necrit Expanse that the Voyager has just come upon. Uh, let's go visit this trade outpost that I know about that's run by this dickhole Barat. And after we turn down a whole bunch of drug dealers who really want to sell us lots of drugs. So much. We meet up with Wixaban, a Talaxian friend of Neelix's, and we learn that Neelix has been particularly underfoot this episode because after two years of flying away from where we found him, we've finally come upon the edge of the stuff he's familiar with in the Delta Quadrant, and he's worried that he's about to be rendered obsolete. So Wix says, how about I get you a map of this ex expanse so you can be useful and Janeway can want to keep you around? And Neelix is too blinded by the potential for being useful to notice that this is some shady fucking dealings that Wix is getting him into. In fact, Wix needs to go straight up shoot some drug dealer, uh, Sutak, uh, when the deal goes bad, like it was bound to go. Whoopsie! Whoopsie! So Neelix keeps all of this to himself when Janeway and Tuvok start questioning everybody about this murder thing. And they let fucking Paris and Chakotay get totally thrown under the bus for this. And uh, Wix promises to Neelix that we can still make this plan work. This can still go good if you get us some warp plasma from the Voyager to give to these assholes in the Kolati drug ring. This is going to go well. But after he has a couple chats, he had talked with Paris earlier. He chats with our new best Vulcan friend, Vorik. Neelix has a change of heart and a change of lung, and he can't go through with it. <laughs> So he comes up with a new plan. Let's sell out the Kolati in exchange for not having to go to cryo prison. So we exchange a meeting with their leader, Tosin, and say, ha ha, you're foiled. And don't shoot because this warp plasma is leaking all over the place and we'll all die. I have nothing to live for anyway. And I'm going to take you down with me. <laughs> and Wix is like, oh God, I didn't agree to that. Um, but somehow that wasn't a ruse. I was expecting that to be a ruse. But nope, when Tosin does shoot, there's a big, really bad CGI explosion. And Neelix barely survives any of this. Holy shit, Neelix. Yeah, Neelix needs to study up on like the Corbin might maneuver. Mm. You don't actually give a fucking death machine to somebody. No, no. I mean, that, yeah, the, the ramifications there were just like, Neelix, are you okay? You're not okay. But anyway, he wakes up in sickbay, perfectly okay. And Janeway has a, I'm not mad, just disappointed, and also really fucking mad. Okay, no, she was, she was mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chat with Neelix about, and he explains, how, oh, no, I was afraid I wouldn't be useful anymore, and I'll just, I'll just leave, because, you know, I've reached the end of how I can help out, and Janeway says, that's not the Starfleet way, and Neelix says, well, I'm not Starfleet, but oh, okay, I guess I'll stick around then. Best friends forever, the end. Wee. Should, should spend the rest of the trip in the break, though. No, he has to, he has to scrub Chakotay's poop shoot. Yeah, yeah, really. He's got to he's got to use his personal toothbrush to clean something especially disgusting. I uh I had seen it when he was like when he was going over his plan with the warden head of the base guy oh, Arat, yeah. You know, he said, "And how do you plan to do that if you don't have weapons?" I said, "Well, I've been studying an earth program called Scooby Doo, and there's going to be a big <laughs> net above them in the ceiling." Yep, yep. <laughs> Which honestly, I kind of wish they'd done. That would have been hysterical. Mm. I was also yeah. shocked that Wix didn't throw Neelix under the bus. Yeah. Right? When he was like, oh, buddy, I won't let you go this alone. I'll 
I'll join you. I was like, okay, yeah, he's totally going to double cross him. But yeah. No, no, he, didn't. no he, yeah. Actually he ended up being a good guy. I mean, he's still yeah. a piece of shit. Well, but he, he ended up having, uh, you know, every piece of shit a has their rare moment. with a heart of gold. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I so actually, this, ep- this episode was originally planned for season one, but then they did Jetrell and they decided, okay, let's leave a big Neelix thing for later. And they kicked it around. They kicked it down the line, which is why I've been very surprised that Neelix has had this level of familiarity with so much of the Delta Quadrant. Like we're two years out of flying mm. around. How does he still know people out this far? And it's because this episode should have happened way earlier. They also, Interesting. They also like don't really move that far through space i think because they keep stopping to help people and go on adventures <laughs> they, they yeah, keep like stopping and almost finding stops. ways home and then not like when, yeah. we, when we started this trip we were 70 years from home now we're 73 years from home i <laughs> <laughs> uh, like to imagine that just at some point tom is sitting at his station and very quietly goes nice Jamie goes, what was that, sir? What was that, Tom? Oh, nothing, nothing. Because they officially hit the 69 years <laughs> to home mark. <laughs> yes, I'm glad that that's and, Paris, too. <laughs> oh, you know, the only person on board who would be looking out actively for it is Paris. And then he would, like, tell Harry later, who would go, like, oh, yeah, right, nice, yeah, okay, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I thought this episode was something an episode that it was fine i'm i'm glad mm, that sorry. they brought this up with neelix because i've been waiting like i mm. said for that point in space that he where he stopped being familiar because there was bound to be one yeah and i thought i thought honestly the way that he handled it well with the whole like i feel like i'm going to be obsolete i feel like i'm going to be useless um had a lot of resonance because i know a lot of people thought the same thing when the pandemic made a lot of people switch to different types of work Mm. because it was stuff like okay you can't do this anymore so either you go to a remote working which is what i did because i have a job that i can work remotely or you get fucking shit canned Mm. it's just you know weird in his case it's like i mean yes that was your primary role but there's still other crap you do like a your tv show and the cooking and, uh... Oh, yeah, his TV show changed titles, too, I noticed last episode. Oh, yeah, yeah it used they... to be A Briefing with Neelix, and now it's something else. Good Morning, Voyager. The Neelix mm. and Neelix Morning Show. <laughs> the other one got canceled. Uh, I didn't get canceled, they just ditched Neelix and got James Corden. N- knowing, oh. actually, that apparently it was still going in the background this whole time, was Tuvix doing it during the, you know, period he was around? Oh, I bet it was oh. so much better. Yeah, way better. Yeah, yeah I, I, it was I, interesting how how Neelix thought that he was going to become useless. Yeah, realizing that he's already useless. Always been useless. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that's like that's like Troy being like, boy, you know, I've lost my emotion, my empathic ability. I won't oh, be of any the use loss. to the crew. Yeah, yeah, we totally <laughs> did see her do that. And, uh, <laughs> and not nothing of value was actually lost. That aspect of the episode definitely also speaks to it having been a plan for earlier. Because, like, he's been around these people long enough that in reality he would know, like, they're not just going to air. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. It would have made more sense that anxiety in season one. Yeah. You know, especially because, like, especially the part of the Delta Quadrant he's from does seem very, you know, shitty. And (laughs) a lot of, like, you know, if you don't serve a purpose, then what good are you? Or if you don't serve, like, a very explicitly stated purpose, 
So I can see how that made sense at the time. Whereas with this, I was just kind of like, dude, come on, you know these people. They yeah, yeah. let a baby exist. <laughs> they didn't just like say, okay, this has to go in like stasis until we're home because we are not dealing with this right now. No. Yeah, no, that's true. And you know what's also fucking stupid about this episode, in my opinion? What? He never talked to Kess about this anxiety. I have notes. True. Oh. And like, and like, and at the end of the episode, which I think might be the only time we actually see Kess, is in Sick Bay. She has one line. She has one line, and it's like Neelix almost just fucking died here uh, in this explosion. And you know, there wasn't even a, there wasn't even like a moment of, uh, yeah, I don't know. Let me explain. Let me explain for Jake, because obviously you wish that they kept the cut scene. Like, everyone wishes they kept this cutscene, especially Ethan Phillips, because the Kess-Neelix relationship has been very important, and the fact that it just, it ended with Warlord, and we didn't ever get a chance to really accept that, to really understand that that was actually what was happening. That Wait, when they Kess, are actually broken up? That when Kess gets her, her body back, she stays broken up with Neelix, and they don't get back together? What? Oh, that and that's clear. never fucking explained? No. In this episode, they actually had a scene. I've got the, the transcript over here. It's only a couple lines long, and I feel like it could have been a whole fucking 10-minute scene. But the lines would have been... Bah, 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 interior silence la science lab. Kess is doing inventory on a carton of supplies when Neelix enters. She glances at him, uncertain of what it is, what is to come. She has no way of knowing that he believes this is the last time he will ever see her. Because he thinks he's going to blow up in a plasma thing. Yeah. Jesus, Neelix. Kess, hello, Neelix. Neelix, Kess, I wanted to clear the air between us. It's very apparent that our relationship has been changing, that we aren't as close as in the way we once were. I know, we seem to have drifted apart. Maybe it's for the best, but I wanted you to know, you've always been the finest friend anyone could have, and I'll always cherish that. Neelix, you sound as though you're saying goodbye. We'll always be friends, won't we? Of course, always. Kess moves to him and gives him a quick kiss on the cheek. Friendship only, nothing sensual. Neelix stands like a rock and then smiles sadly at her and exits. Kess looks after him a bit puzzled. And that scene got cut for time, even though it was all of a 20 second fucking scene. Yeah, that, like, here's it. I knew they eventually broke up, but I didn't realize it was never made. You never realized it happened clear. already. Yeah. yeah. That is, I was still waiting for it. I mean, I kind of assumed Tom that Paris that was just moved in on that yet. You know? uh, oh shit! That's the thing. Like we did still get his heart to heart with Tom. Ugh. Yeah. The yeah, but that was annoying. Let's the be reason the most why I got in trouble. Fucking scene. It's because I I didn't tell the truth, and then this episode became just a big long. Why it's morality important to tell the story. truth? Morality yeah. story. Like, yeah. Like, if I can uh, only have one, give me the cast one, please. Yeah, and also because I think it would have been very meaningful to see that Neelix thinks he's going to have to leave the ship and he's not going to bring Kess with him, even though before, whenever they thought they'd have to leave the ship, they assumed they'd go together. Yeah. Like, he, he the fact that he actually thought in that scene, this is the last I'm going to see Kess, I'm going to say goodbye to Kess and make her feel like, you know, this has been a meaningful friendship and have a great fucking rest of your very short fucking life, <clears throat> that would have been a very meaningful scene. Yeah. And the fact that they I'm, never have a scene like that where they address that they're broken up. Seriously. I'm Waste. sitting here with this information, like, really upset about it, actually. Yeah, tell me more. Like, I just because, like, first of all, I assumed that, you know, once um, Dickbag was out of her body, that things would go back to normal for them. I didn't realize that was a real them actually breaking up thing. 
And as much as I bitched and bitched and bitched a lot, a lot, a lot about Neelix and her relationship, like now that it's over, I'm like actually kind of bummed. I don't know. I I just well, I mean, I've said before, like, I definitely believe them as friends, but not as a couple. And I just would like would have liked the official change to have been explicit just for the sake of, you know, decent storytelling. Yeah. Normally (laughs) this show like tells us when there's exposition that you need to know. It loves telling. God, it loves telling. (laughs) Um, Except apparently for when it's, you know, something that's actually sort of important. Yeah, like your character is full on development. Yeah, Jesus, fuck. <sighs> yeah, that's real. I am so annoyed right now. <laughs> Just like of all the fucking shit they have chosen to drop and keep over the years on these shows, and it's like sometimes you wonder what the fuck possessed them. Yeah, I not just they here in all of them. They could have also dropped that Vorik scene, except that, you know, we're going to see more of Vorik coming up, so they had to establish that, yes, this is a character. He's been on the ship the whole time. We swear. Yeah. Oh, but, that's exciting, though. I kind of like him. But yeah, the speaking second... Of him, speaking of Vorik, yeah. uh, he was in Lower Decks. He was... He was in. He was in the Sorek. Lord. <laughs> and I think someone jokes somewhere that Vorik and Sorek are brothers, twins. Mm. Oh, it's a different character. In Lower it's Decks? a different character. Oh, Jesus. of course, in Lower Decks, yeah. I, I bet it's I the same. It a, it's the same actor. Mm-hmm. I bet it's a Nick Locarno situation where they're like, we don't want to have to pay the writer. Yeah, probably. Or they just know, oh, this guy makes a halfway decent Vulcan. There are better Vulcans than this guy, but you know, what are you gonna do? I kind of like him. There are um, Vulcans of this guy. Unfortunately, they're already cast in the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But yeah, you still, like, there were two scenes with him. And you could add the first one to establish him. The second one, like, basically you've got three scenes that we're sort of juggling here. Tom, Vorik, scene two, and Kess. You could have cut either the Tom or the Vorik two scene to get the Kess one in. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'd probably have kept... Vorik and Kess, just because nothing really, like, comes out of the Tom one. Like, Yeah, I was mostly his... angry with the Tom one because he didn't answer Neelix's fucking question. He only true. answered the question that the episode was asking and not that yeah, Neelix was asking. that's true. So, like, and I feel like, because I thought maybe that the pep talk from Tom was going to go like, nope, I'm going to go to the captain right now. And it's like, oh, nope, that is not what happened. So this scene was... Really only there so that later he could be like, it's important to tell the truth, which he could have come to that conclusion anyway. So, Mm -hmm. like, if he'd said that and the Tom scene hadn't been there, would have gone, this feels like it's referring to something I missed. (laughs) Um, Whereas, like, beard stroking, Chris. Thank you. What would have been more effective was the scene with Cass and even the scene with Vorik, because he's talking about how great it is to be on Voyager and it gave Neelix a sad and all that. So, like, that, I think, was a better scene as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, good choices, whoever was in charge of that, you fucking idiot. Fools. Well. So the, the stuff that they wanted Neelix to steal, that, that high, high test, high quality warp plasma. 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 So much plasma. Was that the same uh, stuff that, that um, Tuvok and company were trying to steal from the Enterprise when Picard had his saddle? Oh, Some I don't plasma? Remember. I thought they were trying to steal something to convert into a bomb, but was yeah, it but plasma or antimatter or dilithium yeah, waste? They were stealing something. They were siphoning something out of the gas tank of the Enterprise. I think they were trying to get dilithium waste to convert into trilithium, possibly. Mm. I don't know. 
Yeah, it would have been a nice connection because, you know, they made reference in this to like how there's some sort of moderator that you need to keep it from blowing up. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I do want to know, though, why the hell Ethan Phillips kept saying plasma. <laughs> well, they were all doing it. It wasn't just him, I feel like. No, I'm going to was... say it's the it's the universal translator. There we go. Yeah, I'm when, not going to say doubt. that. I'm going to say because it's a bunch of actors who, for some reason, don't know how to fucking say plasma. Mm. Like, the jury's not, not out on how to pronounce plasma. Like, everyone no. says plasma, right? Yes. Okay. What do the yeah. Brits say? Like that, um... I feel like even they say plasma. Plasmulinium. If anyone was going to say plasma, it would be them, to be fair. But... Oi, governor! Give me some but that's, plasma! <laughs> that's the thing. Ethan, Ethan Phillips, we know, is American, so even if he... Like, so we can't say he's like a Brit doing an American accent who fucked up. Like, it's just weird. Oh, I know it was another of Chris's favorite elements of the show and when tom is accused of murder for is this the third or fourth time in the fucking couple of shows we've done this i mean at least uh, at least we didn't see them in the like horrible alien jail which is the thing i'm sick of ah that's what you're sick of and it also wasn't the main plot so it didn't matter it was just to give neelix an extra nudge of like don't you feel like a dick nose dick nose yeah these are your friends and this is because of you not Tom! Go get blown up. Go get blown up in some plasma. <clears throat> plasma. Yeah, that's an extreme reaction. Yeah. I, I, I didn't, though, I will say, like, his reaction, like I said, would have made sense in an earlier season. But overall, I didn't hate this one. Yeah, I didn't was... hate either of these. I think both of these I thought were kind of, yeah, that's an episode of Voyager. Yeah, I enjoyed this one probably a little more. Because the last one I really only enjoyed the Doctor having a happy time away mission. Whereas with this, you know, it wasn't bad. You know, a little bit of, like, Neelix still, like, sort of being, you know, feeling weird about his past. Meeting an old friend who knows how to manipulate him. And all mm. this stuff. For all that we had a lot of bad recycled-seeming alien makeup, I did like the design of the, uh, the, the base chief there. I thought he looked pretty cool. And I loved his coat. Ooh. His big, like, giant collar. Oh, the guy that looked like the looked like the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. He kind of did, yeah. Yeah, I rather but, like um, that this epic, it felt a little bit like um, Cantina from Star Wars in that we're just seeing lots of aliens in the background. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. good, yeah, we should see more of those. And obviously they all have to be uh, unique aliens because we're in the Delta Quadrant, so they all have to be ones we haven't seen before, kit-bashed or not. Yeah, yeah. When I realized that our friend Barat, the owner of the station, we've seen him a couple times before. He was Degore, that brother that tried to, not brother, but the guy who, who whose brother Cork killed and then it turned out, no, he's his rival in House of Cork. Oh, oh okay. right. He was yeah, that yeah, yeah. guy. And he was one of the aliens, Kroll, uh, in Honor Among Thieves, where O'Brien goes undercover with the Orion Syndicate. Oh, funny. Oh, right. And he basically played the same character, I think. It had, like, a very similar prosthetic situation, oh, right? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, when, so when of, you get guys the, like, who can do it. One of the, two other dudes, I think. You, you hang on to guys that can do makeup acting. Yeah. Because we've also seen Tosin, the guy who was the Kolati band, like, drug lord kind of guy who shot the plasma, and I'm sure he's the one that got killed. Yeah, yeah. Because he, we see, saw him back in Suspicions. He played Joe Brill, that act, that, uh, alien that flew into a sun we saw him in descent Wait, is that was that the one tng where like the had a ferengi scientist and that's all the that one. Yeah, okay yes that's yes, the yes, one. yes 
We saw him in Descent as Lieutenant Barnaby with the massive cheekbones. He was on the bridge when Bev flew into a sun. He was all like, "Mm, I don't know about this, Bev. And you're like, shut up, Barnaby. And also we saw him in in Purgatory's Shadow and by Inferno's Light as the Jem'Hadar Ikat Ika, um, who was making making warf fight people. Like you said, you hang on to these guys. He's got a great face. For makeup. Great voice for radio. Agree, no, great face for fuck. Great, yeah, great face, face for, radio. for radio, yes. Great voice for radio is a compliment. It is. <sighs> yes, it is. Radio is just a dying medium. <laughs> you got a great voice for radio. Shame about the time. Whoopsie. Uh, I have no segue into our into our yeah, activity I was just today. Trying I was to think of one, but I got go nothing. back. Uh, remember how I fucking loved all the Paxaw holograms getting getting destroyed when there that was my, my favorite new thing. Today we're talking about artificial life forms in Trek, and boy, there's a lot of them because I didn't realize when I created this little uh, this little activity how many people I'd have to choose from. Because mm. we're gonna pick out from amongst like androids and sentient holograms and robots and cyborg things and other other artificial life forms and who are our favorites all right well i i had a hard time with this one because like i could oh, think yeah. of a lot but not loads and i was like yeah them or them or them so i'm gonna rattle off my three gotta go with professor moriarty nice because you know one of, the, one of the best uh, hollow, hollow deck accidents. Plus, he's gonna stuff Pulaski with Crumpets. Yes. <laughs> mm. um, Which always makes me excited, sexually. Uh, oh, I, I I forgot to look Sorry. up the episode title, but Replicant O'Brien. Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah. Oh, I just watched that one—the one where like Keiko's O'Brien. like, "I made your favorite dinner," and he's like, "Fuck you! You're trying to poison me." Yeah, yeah, because it's like, oh man, even fake Whispers. O'Brien's. Whispers, thank you. Even fake O'Briens have to suffer, and he does it well. Oh, he does it a lot. He is, in, he suffers so much, he is indistinguishable from the real one. <laughs> That's a good uh, choice. Ryan. Thank you. And uh, maybe this was a little obvious, but fuck it. I, you know, I, I know, honestly, still, some of his best stuff is still ahead of him, but the EMH. Aha, that's a good choice, too. Oh, I didn't even think about choosing the EMH. Because he's just, you know, he's great. He's fun. He's... He develops. He develops. It's interesting, again, to see, like, you know, as opposed to Data, who kind of always wants to be a real boy, at first he's just like, I'm a fucking program, what? But he's (laughs) been kept on and is like, well, maybe I can do more stuff. And, you know, and again, I'm slightly cheating because I know that... I'm thinking of things we haven't gotten to, but fuck it. I'm you're gonna... not cheating. I told you yesterday, if you want to pick people in the future, go for it. No, I know, but I was trying to limit myself, and I eventually just went, fuck it. I'm cheating myself, Ames. Oh, Chris made his own rules. The kind of cheating. I did. Chris made his own rules and then broke them. <laughs> Promptly. Good job. <laughs> uh, speaking of making your own rules and breaking them, yeah, because I was also considering some critters that we're going to see in future tracks. So here's my, my my huge shout out to all the Rios holograms. Oh, yes. yes. As, as my biggest honorable mention, just because I, I adore them just so fucking much. But yeah, I have four on my list. I'm going to swap. I'm going to swap right now. Just I, I've been staring at these two for a whole day. 
so my my just getting edged off the list is going to be Juliana Tainer. Data's I considered mom. her. Yeah, she's that, she's a good one. Oh, Data's mom. Yeah, yeah, the one that didn't know she was a robot. Yeah, because that's such a nice story, and all. I think part of me wanting to like what why I have to kind of exclude her is because I most like her in Jake's fanfic. <laughs> Mm. Uh, which you should listen to. It's going to be out. It's up on our Tumblr. It's up, you know, past episode in our 10 forwards. Just because Jake did such a great job with Julianna Tainer that uh, she's great, but she's not on my list. My actual list is going to consist of, uh, instead of Moriarty, Countess Regina. Ah. Because I just enjoy that she is an artificial life form created by an artificial life form. Yeah, and, and I that. think the boxes within boxes is she is is she as sentient as Moriarty? Is she becoming as sentient as Moriarty? And in I the think end, they're both in a box. Cool. Yeah, and she totally accepts, even though you know she was entirely created. She totally accepts like what she is. Yeah, and that's really cool. You'll recognize this from when we were talking about TOS for the last couple of weeks. Uh, gotta give my shout out to Ruck. I knew you would. Ruck's on my list. He's on, of if, course he's on my list. Duh. If you hadn't, I would have accused you of being a pod person. Mm-hmm. Or like some kind of artificial intelligence mm. thing. Yeah, I'm on my own list because I'm an artificial life form. Ah, knew it. But like like Chris, I'm also going the very obvious route with my with my super super fave data. For for all the obvious reasons for how he develops, for how he accepts like what it means to be an android and how he gets to be the one to define what it means to be an android and how mm. over the source of seasons he comes to learn that. I like him a lot. That's fair. Who's next? Not me, because otherwise I'm going to forget what I was going to say. Go for it. Obviously, Data. Yeah. Get on that Data train. Yep. Choo-choo. She'd like to. (laughs) She would like to. Yeah. Obviously, also the EMH. Yay. And... You just told us a second ago you hadn't considered the EMH. I hadn't, as I had no list. I had no (laughs) list coming into this, because all I could think of was, well, I could say the exocomps, but I fucking hate those. And I could, I don't hate them. I just don't care for them, I guess is what I, I don't mean I actually hate them. And then I was like, well, I could say pup, but nobody likes pup. (laughs) We all hate pup. Everyone hates pup. That'd be a funny answer, though. And I've actually literally just forgotten the third one I was going to say. Lore. Can you edit back in my response later? If I, like, put, give you an answer before the end of this segment? (laughs) Fuck me, I just had it. You it wasn't Moriarty. Series it was from? What oh, type God, of artificial no. life form was it? I don't know. Was it Vol? No, it wasn't Vol. No, Landrew. Definitely not either of those things. Landry. The M5. Landrew's nope. a piece of shit. <laughs> um, you want Jake to go while you think? Yeah. Fuck, this is so annoying. Okay. I was thinking, uh, yeah, when I was trying, trying to think of... Um, what I could do for this is like, oh, you know, it would be really, uh, would be a funny joke to do. Oh, would no, be, not a funny joke. Would be to Lazarus. say, would be to say Jean-Luc Picard. Hey, oh. spoilers. But then I realized that I actually hate Picard. That that is the robot version of Picard. Oh, I, oh, that's right. I was going to say uh, Picard's artificial heart and forgot. To. No, no. Ah. Actually, I don't hate, I don't hate new Picard. I just. My favorite, my favorite Picard is flesh and bone Picard. Um, with artificial heart. With artificial heart, true. Because nobody likes real heart bitch Picard in the blue uniform. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it's funny. Two of mine have already been mentioned. Um, <gasps> Ma- uh, Moriarty. Yeah, that's a good for, choice. For reasons, uh, obviously. He's a good He's a good, good one. Barely e- edging out Vic Fontaine. Um, good. Oh, that was it! Thank you! <laughs> 
Allie. <laughs> I didn't even um, consider Vic. And I that love was Vic. Who, that was my third That's one. Great. Thank, Thank God you, Jake was here. Um, I am glad he's on the list. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Yeah. I, so I didn't actually put him on my list. I he was he was my runner up to Moriarty, but uh, because at the same time I could just couldn't bring myself to to say Vic Fontaine. Um, but you did write a great fanfic about him. I sure did. All right, so we got Moriarty. Uh, coming in at number two is your honorable mention, Ames, Juliana Tainer. Oh, yay! Um, Data's, Data's robo-mom. And then uh, in robo-mom. My, th- my third position is a um, bit, bit of a cheat here. Hollow Janeway from Prodigy. Okay. Oh, I didn't think oh, of her. Oh, that's, that's a, a good great one. answer. I didn't even think that of that. Answer. Yeah, she's uh, great I, in Prodigy. Uh... Yeah, no, Prodigy really is. is fucking great. And I yeah. a year ago I would I would have like smacked myself for saying so and say you're an artificial life form. Get yeah. on your list. But it's, it's really good. Yeah. I I, uh, I did briefly consider uh post reprogrammed shit. What's her names? Stella. Yes. Oh post reprogrammed okay. Stella. Stella. The ones Poor the ones that are programmed to give him a hard time that he can't get to shut up. Uh, I love it. I, I was, was very close. Of her as well. I was I was very close to bringing up. I don't know if they get names. The the ugly bags of mostly water aliens. <laughs> oh right, they were an artificial life form. I forgot. Yeah, they were like okay. little light things. Yeah. Does the Borg Queen count? No, cyborgs are their own thing. Okay. Are they? Uh, what about? I mean, oh. according to that article you sent us. Oh, okay. Cool. I was, just, I was just thinking of another one, and uh, now, I, now I. The Nomad. Know. Yeah, Nomad's cool. I, we I love could, Nomad. I could say Nomad, but yeah. I knew you'd have Ruck. I was wondering if you'd had have, have Nomad. I was close. It was on he. But I was just coming up with this of a, a full like seven to ten person list of just okay, who am I considering? Nomad was on there. Uh, that was the thing. I was like, is Ames just gonna reuse her answers from a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> I could. <laughs> I came very close. I'd say uh, I'd say uh, Robo Elia from. Uh, motion picture oh yeah oh right she's right. pretty badass the, she's pretty the, she's pretty cool except you know since she's the robot copy her vow of chastity is not on record so <laughs> only the real one. Oh. i guess we could have even said v'ger itself if we wanted mm-hmm. that's true yeah v'ger the uh just... what about the uh no i guess it's not artificial life never mind what i was gonna say the probe but the probe's the, not the an artificial probe. life form it's just a probe we don't know it could yeah be. we yeah we don't have enough information to know if it's like actually, there was a novel that was a follow up that it it seemed to have a certain amount of AI. Uh, oh, okay. how much was a little vague? How many or whales are shoved oh. in that thing? What about the dreadnought? <laughs> what dreadnought? The dreadnought. Oh, yeah, oh. Bellana's ship. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Would that yeah. have counted, sort of, because yeah, it's AI? It had, it had, yeah. uh... I, just, I, I, I think it's a program, though, because then so you've is, got. So it makes me wonder so if Moriarty. it makes me wonder if the Enterprise is kind of an AI. Because remember, we've we've used it to like it had yeah. like a late like a like a sassy personality one day. And mm. oh yeah, because it got re um, reprogrammed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, would I think say it's because it's in a the same vein that um, Redacted from Discovery definitely is. Oh yeah, definitely. And I that I hate. So but I don't yeah, know who you're talking about. You just don't want to say it for spoiler oh, reasons? Oh, yeah, yes. I suppose so. But yeah, there's there's that like very fine line, but you know, when is it an AI and when is it sentient sort of or when is it a when is it a really advanced chatbot mm. versus an AI? And I think mm-hmm. the dreadnought straddles that line of like I don't think it's quite clever enough to be an AI yet. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. mostly doing what Bellana programmed it, not because it's making its own decisions. Yeah. Like like the Enterprise computer. Yeah. Major. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was delightful. Yeah, these are some good answers. And I'm sure we're going to see more and more as we keep watching more shows. Definitely. Um, I, I know we're all enjoying Strange New Worlds, aren't we? I uh, fucking yeah. hope so. Wink. I, we damn well, I, better be. I was going to say, I don't really want to commit because what if it's totally shit? I'll be so sad if they fuck this yeah, up. Yeah, they really need to not blow it. Like They've already changed front of the nice uniforms Chris loved, so. Oh, I that I loved, that. too. They were really good. They sh- I don't know why they did it. They already fucking had the fucking... Because <sighs> they had, they had to add... Uh, why break what's not fuck... What fix, I mean. Why fix what's not broken? It's no, very no, frustrating. No, no, no. But hey, All right. what we're are gonna, we doing next week? We're going to break more things next week. That's what we're going to do. Woo-woo. Because woo. Uh, we're continuing... Holy shit. The episodes were very simple, I thought. Yeah. So... And they yeah. weren't like good enough or bad enough to require, you know what I mean? Like I know, hours I even, of drawn out hate rants. And I, even pa- I padded it out with my hide and seek story. I was say really, I padded it out with diary. <laughs> I was saying there were no real. Oh, which you're not even going to leave in. That's the worst part. No that major... was like five of the best minutes of this episode, and he's going to have to carve it out. There were no major tangents about anyone having uh, digestive distress. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Neat. Let's see if we do next week, though. We possibly <laughs> will. Uh, so next week, our episodes that we're going to be covering are more Voyager season three episodes, Alter hey. Ego, and Coda. We're going to have more blog activities for you on the way as well. Uh, this one you'll probably have seen already because it's up on our blog. Go check it out yes. on Tumblr oh. and see all the artificial life form screen grabs that I grabbed and put all over the place because they're always fun to look at. Uh, you can tell us about your favorite artificial life forms there or on our Facebook or on our Twitter or wherever it is you like interacting with us. The real challenge will be, does Ames actually get a screen grab of O'Brien, the replicant from that episode, or does she get just a random picture of O'Brien to fuck with you? <laughs> and more importantly, how will you know the difference? No one can tell. Not even Keiko. <laughs> She's well, that can't be my husband. He never has coffee after three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, so you keep listening along. Bitch. We're on we're on SoundCloud, we're on all the other different podcasting applications that you like. If if you like a different one, like listen to us there. I'm not your mom. Jesus. Juliana Tain is your mom. Yeah. <laughs> your mom's so Juliana Tainer, she doesn't even know it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> This has gone off the rails. Let me wrap this up. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. Jake. And the replicant of Chris. I mean, Chris. No one can tell. Son of a bitch. I can't tell. (laughs) 